0: on the Hello and welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert-Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in Salem, Massachusetts, with a different special guest every week. Tonight I am joined by friend of the pod, the dancer herself, Hannah Hacksmith. Thank you for joining me again.
1: Hey, thanks for (laughs) welcoming me back.
0: Are you ready for 2022?
1: Not even a little bit, but also, yes.
0: <laughs> it's here, so we have to be, but yeah. yeah, I feel yeah.
1: Not sure we have a choice, but I'm coming for it.
0: We kind of have, like, uh, you have to buckle down and just dive in. Yeah. Especially nowadays with <laughs> COVID and everything else, but.
1: You gotta do something at least. Yeah. Maybe I'll leave my house more this year.
0: (laughs) That's the dream, to leave the house more. Yeah. For sure.
1: At least by one day.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Remind everyone what your take on a ghost is and if you believe in them.
1: Sure. So I believe in ghosts, and I see them as more of energy, um, spirits, but also um, it's how... They make you feel, and they manipula- manipulate the energy around you.
0: Okay. How familiar are you with Salem? Enough to be
1: dangerously... Enough to be dangerous. <laughs> 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 like, I don't know names and dates, because I'm terrible at those in today's times, let right. alone way back then. But, like, general concepts, I got you.
0: Fair. Do you believe in witches?
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, so I, I do identify as a practicing witch.
0: Good. That's the first for the podcast. So I'm this will be excited. fun. Because we are continuing the Salem Witch Trials. So it's perfect. Amazing. <laughs> so this episode is going to be focusing on Sarah Good. Okay. Some side characters are Sarah Osborne, Tituba, and Dorothy Good, Sarah's daughter. But um, Sarah Good's kind of famous in the witch trials universe, if you will. (laughs) But uh, as the listeners know by now, the Salem Witch Trials were from January 1692 to October 1692. So it's only about eight months Sarah Good was one of the first three women accused of witchcraft with Sarah Osborne and Tituba. And Sarah was born in 1653 in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, which I believe makes Sarah like first generation immigrant. Okay. But. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> she was born to John and Elizabeth Solart, who owned a successful tavern in town.
1: As one does.
0: I think it'd be fun to own a tavern. I think so. Especially in colonial times.
1: That's like the place to be.
0: Oh my god, yes.
1: Like, if you're not at the tavern, where are you?
0: Scooping up poop on your farm. Like, (laughs) those are the two options.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm giving those two. I'll take the first.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I'd rather own a tavern at that time than working in a farm. Yeah. Like, it's so much work. I agree. But I bet they were making their own alcohol.
1: Probably. And I bet it wasn't very good.
0: You're right but it'd be fun though i'd smash grapes to make my own wine
1: i don't know i made jams and jellies and had to pick grapes Mm. and you know how many spiders live in grape bunches a lot
0: don't tell me that it's a lot that sounds you don't want to make
1: your own wine
0: you're right i don't after (laughs) that (laughs) i don't want to pick my own wine After they clear all the spiders out and dump it in a barrel, then I'll do it. Well, if you're successful,
1: you just have other people do that part for you. You're right. And then you can do the part that you like.
0: The bartending part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. (laughs) I'm back on board. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, though, Sarah, when Sarah was 17, her father died of suicide. Mm. John didn't leave a will. So his 70-acre estate was split up amongst his wife, two sons, and seven daughters. Wow. However, Elizabeth's, the mom, her new husband, denied any of the daughter's land. Asshole. Without a dowry, Sarah married Daniel Poole. Because of land disputes, it left the couple homeless.
1: Mm.
0: So... She got married around the time her father died, and back in the day, women weren't given land, really, unless it was specifically said in the will. Mm -hmm. So that's why the mom's new husband is like, yeah, these girls don't get anything. The two sons got some land, and technically the wife wasn't going to get any land either. Mm -hmm. But her and her new husband were like, no, this is our land, get over it. And that's what started the land dispute. The two sons were like, no, this is our land. And the mom's like, no, it's mine. So that's kind of what started it all. Jeez. Lovely kids. Yeah. (laughs) Like, shame on the mom for hoarding a bunch of land and telling her kids to get married or get out, you know?
1: That is a little rude. Yes.
0: And also, like, fuck that stepdad for putting the girls out. Yeah. But uh, Sarah and Daniel were left to beg for food, money, and whatever else the townspeople in Salem were willing to give them. Sadly, Sarah developed a reputation of being unpleasant. Hmm. Whether she received charity or not, she was just thought about as being unkind. And a troublemaker for lack of a better term.
1: Well, that's, but that's the best person to be.
0: <laughs> it's the most fun, yeah. for sure. The, there's a, there was a couple in town called the Abbey family, which gave Daniel and Sarah lodging for a bit. But after sh- a short while, they said, quote, Sarah was so turbulent, a spirit, spiteful, and so maliciously bent, unquote, that after a bit, they put them out.
1: I'd like to know examples.
0: Of what she was of, doing, yeah. yeah. There, I couldn't find any specific examples. A lot of them just said she was mean-spirited and stuff like that. Hmm. She cursed at them all. She just flipped everybody off, no matter where she went.
1: Her favorite word was the F word.
0: Yes, I mean, I'd be pretty annoyed and like depressed and grumpy too if my family abandoned me yeah. and was like, "Figure it out, have fun, be poor," and you were left to marry someone poor. Like,
1: yeah, that would. Whose
0: stop. last
1: name was Pool? Pool. That makes me think of, oh, the music man.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It's trouble right there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she should have become a traveling saleswoman.
1: Yeah, that would have been better.
0: (laughs) Yes. Let's write that story.
1: Go back in time and tell her.
0: Yeah. Time travel. That's near future. (laughs) We'll we'll get that in the near future. Sure. Uh, It also didn't help that Sarah and Daniel didn't attend church. hmm which was a huge no-no for the Puritans. How dare they? Yeah, very much so. But Sarah said she didn't attend because she didn't have the proper attire. So it's not that she didn't... It's not that she didn't love God or want to go to church, but she, because she was poor and homeless, mm-hmm. she felt like she couldn't because she didn't have the right clothes or...
1: I guess that makes sense.
0: Couldn't take a shower or whatever.
1: Like, I wouldn't want to go if I looked like a hobo.
0: Yeah, like there's just things you feel uncomfortable going to and you don't look nice.
1: Yeah, look at the Grinch and how that turned out.
0: Exactly. He just wanted to be naked all the time. Yep. <laughs> In 1682, Daniel Poole died, and I could not find for the life of me anywhere about what he died of. I mean, it could have been anything from the flu to a bug bite, but... <laughs> he left Sarah a decent amount of debt. Mm. So when Sarah remarried, her second husband, William Good, the first thing he had to do was pay off Daniel's debt because the debt was on Sarah now. Yikes. So the Goods, Sarah and William, weren't much better off. They were sometimes homeless, but generally they lived in, like, rented homes and other situations similar to that. William worked as a laborer in exchange for food and lodging but as time went on it was hard for them to find housing because of Sarah's reputation.
1: Hmm.
0: So during all of so during all of this Sarah and William gave birth to two children, Mercy Good and Dorothy Good, though some people refer to Dorothy as Dorcas.
1: Okay.
0: Um, I think what I read was that it was written on like the arrest warrant later during the Salem mm-hmm. with Charles. They wrote Dorcas, even though it was Dorothy. So, so they just didn't know how to spell. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm not going to say is like surprising for the late 1600s.
1: I guess if somebody like squished Dorothy together and like the Y got cut off.
0: Maybe. It might.
1: I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to make up excuses for them. <laughs> and how they could figure that out.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a little weird. Like, Dorcas. It's kinda...
1: I mean, it's very Sabrina...
0: True. <laughs> okay, so by this time... By the time 1692 rolled around, the couple were struggling. Like, majorly struggling. They were homeless again. Like sarah couldn't make friends it was like bad which made them easy pickings for the witchcraft hysteria mm. they were not liked in town they barely had anything of their own people just wanted to see them go you know yeah so on february 29th the first three women were arrested for witchcraft tituba sarah osborne and sarah good Now, Sarah Osborne was born in the colony as well in 1643. She later married Robert Prince. What a fun last name. It is. She married a prince. I like it. This is important because he was the brother-in-law of the infamous John Putnam. No. And the entire Putnam family are said to use the Salem Witch Trials as a way to attain power, money, land, etc. Assholes. They're the... yeah. They're the villains of the Salem Witch Trial, for sure.
1: Ooh.
0: Sarah Osborne and Robert had two sons and a daughter, but in 1674, Robert died.
1: Mm.
0: Again, we don't know how, but again, it could be anything. Bar fight. It could be a bar fight.
1: In that tavern?
0: Very much so. There's just so many ways to die back then. You're right. <laughs> in his will, the 150-acre farm was to go to his son's, but in a shocking act, Sarah took over the estate with her new husband, Alexander Osborne.
1: Oh. So
0: she did something similar. Which was frowned upon. Women don't get anything.
1: Well, let's not be rude.
0: <laughs> and I obviously I do think it's like ridiculous that nothing would go to his widow or his daughter. Yeah. Like, the whole culture back then is gross, but...
1: It makes me angry.
0: Yes. <laughs> but we've moved past that.
1: I'll get over it for today.
0: <laughs> so at this time, though, it was highly frowned upon, and because it was in Robert's will that his sons would receive the land, Sarah's children took her to court. Mm. John Putnam was also the ex- executive of Robert's will. Okay. So he... That's how he plays a part in all of this. Hmm. So, Sarah Good, her husband didn't have a will. Okay. So, that's why it was kind of, like, wishy-washy about who got what type of deal. And that's why Sarah Good tried to get some of the land, even though her sons ultimately ended up with the land. Whereas Sarah Osborne was not in the will. Only her two sons were in the will. Okay. Okay. So she stole the land, technically.
1: Well, what you gonna do?
0: Yeah. And her kids took her to court.
1: Which, like, they'd probably get it eventually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you were just nice.
1: Yeah. Like, if you could just wait a few years.
0: Yes. So, Sarah Osborne's legal troubles and Sarah Good's reputation were the main reasons they were accused of witchcraft. Okay. Tituba, because she was an enslaved woman of color also made her an easy target for the witchcraft cries. Ugh. And I would love to give more info about Tituba, but a lot about her early life is not known. Right. Uh, it's thought that she was Colombian who made her way to Barbados before being like forced to Salem. Okay. By Reverend Samuel Paris. Uh, He's the one that enslaved her, so we love a good racist reverend. But (laughs) there are also some historians that believe otherwise. Like, that's what most historians believe happened Mm -hmm. with Tituba. So she was from the coast of Colombia, and then she moved to Barbados, where then she was unfortunately purchased by the Reverend Samuel Paris and then brought to Salem.
1: Okay.
0: Anyway, because these women were the first accused, they were all sent to Boston jail Mm. for the duration of their examinations and trials. And I've said this before, but Salem's jails are were disgusting. You barely had any food. You slept on hay like, it was just gross.
1: No, I think I'm good.
0: <laughs> and
1: It's a one star.
0: one star, for sure. I'm telling Airbnb. I okay. do not... Nobody should be sleeping in that jail. But Boston jails weren't much better.
1: One and a half stars. Right.
0: <laughs> the only good thing about Boston is that if you were tried in Boston, you were more likely to survive. But their jails were just...
1: Because they weren't so strict, or...
0: Yeah, because the judges there were like
1: cool
0: yes definitely cool compared they to the other ones buy into witchcraft as easily as the other ones did so these three women went to boston when questioned tituba pled guilty to witchcraft and stated sarah good and sarah osborne participated in witchcraft with her mm. attacking the sick elizabeth hubbard Sarah Osborne denied any involvement in the evil spirits or hurting children, but she died in jail on May 10th. So she didn't even get to go to trial. Like she had Oops. her questioning, but she didn't really have a trial because she died in jail. And it's partly because the jails were so gross and they yeah. didn't have health care, obviously, or...
1: What a terrible way to die.
0: Proper food, exactly. Exactly. The other side of it is Sarah Osborne had been sick on and off for a while, so it, she
1: never had a chance. No,
0: not even a little bit. So she died on May tenth. Tichuba made so many accusations; all her thought, like all the accusations she made, are thought to be untrue. Mm-hmm. But because that, because she made so many during her trial, it caused confusion and excitement in Salem, mm. which is kind of what, like. Abigail and Betty may have, like, started the witch trials by accusing people of witchcraft. Yeah. Like, the dumb 9 and 11 year olds they are. But Tituba, to save her own life, like, kind of add added fuel to the fire and made it exciting and, the, the like, the thing to do in town.
1: You can't blame her. I mean,
0: no, she was saying she was saving her life. She's like, I'm not stupid, I've been through this shit before. Well, and
1: she's an enslaved woman, so it's not like she's got any special ties to these people exactly helping her,
0: right? There's no one in town that would do anything for her, yeah. So,
1: so good riddance, she said
0: (laughs) exactly. It did like her confusing the town ultimately saved her life, and uh. She proved to be a good witness for future Mm. trials as well. So that's why they also kept her around. Good for her. Yeah, like I'm not mad at her for what (laughs) she had to do to survive. Tituba lived in the Boston jail for 13 months because Reverend Samuel Parris wouldn't pay for her release.
1: That is a long time.
0: Yes. And in April 1693, an unknown person paid for her release. But as an enslaved woman, she wasn't free. She just went to live with this new person. Oh. Or serve this new person. So she left Salem with this unknown man. And uh, years later, she was interviewed about the trials. And she said Reverend Samuel Parris not only beat a confession out of her, but he also coached her on what to say and how to say it.
1: Oh, I believe it.
0: Right. So even though... She did this to, like, save her own life. It wasn't her choice and or her idea. Like, the reverend was like, no, you are going to do this. And then I'm not going to let you out of jail when you do do this. So what a piece of shit.
1: I mean, hot take, but the church is who started persecuting women in the first place. So
0: (laughs) are we surprised? No, no, not even a little bit. So that's Sarah Osborne Tituba. Sarah Good, on the other hand, was the first person to be questioned about witchcraft. And if the people listening remember, Bridget Bishop was the first woman executed for uh, witchcraft, but Sarah Good was the first person questioned about it. Okay. And arrested. She didn't have the benefits of others who witnessed the trials for months. So I talked about last week that the Wardwell family weren't Accused until like five months into the hysteria. So they kind of had the advantage of...
1: Knowing what to and not say. Yes,
0: exactly. Whereas Sarah Good had no advantage whatsoever. She like went in blind. So historians believe she went first because so many people in town wanted her gone because of her shitty reputation. Like imagine being so disliked. Everyone claims you did something that isn't real.
1: That's terrible.
0: Like, I can't imagine everyone in town hating me so much that they're like, oh, yeah, she did this thing that's, like, not even provable or real or anything like that.
1: Yeah, but you've got so many witnesses that are like, oh, she for sure did that. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's, I guess today it's like, we, the whole town saying that you killed someone, even though there's no body, even though there's no murder weapon.
1: Or that you weren't even there that week. Right.
0: But the whole entire town is like, oh, yeah, no, she did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's shitty.
1: She must have been one back wagon.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, she probably wasn't unpleasant, but at the same time, it's like, all this town is just, they're just not good people either. So no. <laughs> she could have been the nicest person in the world. They're just like, eh. Fuck Mob her. mentality. Yes. God. Uh, even Sarah's husband, William. And her daughter, Dorothy, were pursued or persuaded into testifying against her.
1: Jeez.
0: So even her six-year-old daughter was like, yeah, mom's a witch.
1: Well, I feel like six-year-olds, all you have to do is like give them a piece of candy or Mm -hmm. be like, I need you to say this exact sentence. (laughs) Yes. And you can go ride this pony.
0: Very much so. Like, William didn't ever say his wife was a witch. Mm Mm-hmm. like hinted that sarah was like involved with witchcraft or like came close to dabbling in it yeah and then so many people testified against sarah good that judge hathorne said quote why do you hurt these children unquote referring to betty paris and abigail williams amongst Mm -hmm. others sarah responded quote i do not hurt them i scorn i scorn it i am falsely accused unquote so, Sarah Good also never confessed to witchcraft, just like Sarah Osborne. But she did throw Sarah Osborne under the bus, claiming Sarah Osborne afflicted the girls, not Sarah Good. Oh, okay. So, she's also feeding into the hysteria and accusing others to get out of something. I don't know.
1: I mean, such a toxic society.
0: Yes. <laughs> Her deflection, accusing Sarah Osborne, didn't help, obviously. The girl stated that Sarah Goods Specter attacked them and even stabbed one of the girls with a knife. Ouch. And the girl that claimed to be stabbed by Sarah's ghost pulled a knife out with, like, a broken tip (laughs) on the knife as, like, proof that she was stabbed with it.
1: Not, like, a stab wound?
0: I guess not. No proof of stab wound. <laughs> but during the trial, a man came forward saying the knife was his, and that it broke on like on his farm while the girl was present. But was but the knife was never used as a weapon. So like he said, it just broke. Okay. And like everyday farming so or whatever. She's full of shit. Yes, he which like, we knew. But... Straight up came out during the trial and was like this girl's a liar. Like yeah. This woman did not stab her with a knife. It's my knife. And then the judge basically ignored the claim and told the girl to stick to the facts. (laughs) Like, that's all that happened. (laughs) We love
1: This is what happens when you don't educate Uh everyone in society.
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, it's like... First of all, it's a child Mm -hmm. accusing you. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. But let's say the child's lying, okay, and a man comes forward and is like, yeah, that's not real.
1: Then get the fuck out, child.
0: Then the person to blame is the judge for not dismissing it. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous.
1: But the judge is the one that wants power and control here. For real, yep. And all the property of the people. So.
0: Sarah was found guilty and sentenced to hang. But they came to find out that Sarah was pregnant, hmm. so they postponed the execution until the child was born, and that's why Bridget Bishop was the first to hang. Okay. During that time, Sarah Good's daughter, Dorothy, was accused of witchcraft at just six years old. Wow. She was in jail for seven months before being released on bond.
1: That poor little girl.
0: Yeah. Six years old, in jail for seven months. Ugh. And she testified against her mom. Even though Dorothy survived the trials, uh, she was psychologically damaged the rest of her life. Uh, The conditions of the jail, again, were so poor that Sarah's baby died Mm -hmm. shortly after birth in jail. And on July 19th, 1692, Sarah Good was led to the gallows with Rebecca Nurse, Susanna Martin, Elizabeth Howe, and Sarah Wilds. And it was a custom for when you were at the gallows, you know, any last words, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And Sarah Good responded, quote, you're a liar. I'm no more a witch than you are a wizard. If you take my life away, God will give you blood to drink, unquote.
1: Amazing. Those are some good last words.
0: I, yeah. God will give you blood to drink. Like if there wasn't
1: a uh, lightning strike at that
0: point, (laughs) exactly. Lotus started or locusts started flying about, and a whole
1: bunch of crows, maybe.
0: (laughs) And so, by not confessing, Sarah Good was executed with the other four women on July nineteenth, sixteen ninety two. So it's kind of sad. I mean, these. Sarah Osborne probably would have been executed as well because she was denying witchcraft, but she Mm -hmm. just happened to die in jail. And, uh... Yeah, it's sad that the only way out of it is to lie and say you were a witch. Yeah. (laughs) But, um... We're gonna take a quick break. And uh, take a page from the Real Housewives franchise and don't drag kids into your mess. (laughs) Because six-year-olds don't belong in In jail jail for seven months. Or at all. Do better. Just do better. And we'll be right back. We are back to talk about some hauntings. I'm sure you could guess, but Salem is a heavy tourist attraction these days. I guess maybe when there isn't a pandemic raging on, but...
1: I'm sure still with the pandemic, people are going.
0: (laughs) You're right. (laughs) But there are a handful of museums and places you can tour and stuff like that. Um, One of them is the Witch Dungeon Museum. Okay, and it's part museum, part interactive performance. So there's like a, scene, like a trial scene that oh. actors put on. And then when you're done watching the trial, they take you on to a tour of the museum where there's artifacts and stuff like that. The museum has been open for 40 years. And many who have visited and worked at the museum have experienced hauntings. Uh, Before the museum had, like, even opened, there were strange occurrences such as someone mysteriously falling off a ladder, a rocking chair moving on its own, strange voices, and a reoccurring apparition. Ooh, of what? We'll get into that. Okay, sorry. (laughs) That all, like, people saw and experienced all these things before the museum even opened, so... You know the land is right for hauntings. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, not long after the museum opened, a handful of the actors refused to go deeper into the witch dungeon after their scene was done. They just refused to take people on tours. Claiming a ghost monk was wandering the premise. A
1: ghost monk? Yes. Yes. I don't think we talked about that guy. No,
0: we did not. So the space that the museum sits on these days was once the grounds of a church. Okay. So it's thought that the monk once lived there, or at least worshipped there. But he wanders the entire museum lurking in the shadows. But he's most frequently seen by the crushing scene of Giles Corey in the museum. Which is interesting. Hmm, that's
1: a choice
0: yes (laughs) but he wanders the entire museum so you could see him at any given point walking through the museum that's what it is he just loves history lifelong learner (laughs) so if you don't see him the ghost monk that's fine there are plenty of other paranormal experiences going on visitors have felt their arms and backs being touched but like a very light gentle
1: no, nope, touching. I don't
0: like um, it. Cold breezes uh, coming from nowhere, even if you're away from any doors or windows. And my favorite, humming from a male voice, even if men are in the room.
1: What is it humming?
0: You know, that's a good question. Uh, I couldn't find an exact song <laughs> that was being hummed. But I, I think a lot of people believe it's the ghost monk. Humming. Okay. Uh, but there are other ghosts in the museum, so it could be one of them. But
1: now I want to know.
0: I just think of um, Monty Python, The Holy Grail. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) They're all walking. They hit their heads with the books.
1: Oh, what a good movie! What is that
0: song? (laughs) Do not know this (laughs) requiem. Um. Yeah, that's kind of what I think of. But yeah, there's humming going on. The monk isn't the only ghost living in the museum. Workers have seen a man in red pants who apparently flirts with women when they're alone.
1: Oh, what a creep.
0: Yeah. uh, Imagine being a creep in real life, but then also being a creep after death.
1: I don't think there's a new low after that. No.
0: (laughs) There's also an invisible entity that tries to push people down a set of stairs.
1: Well, that's rude. Yes.
0: Yes. So if you're going to go, like, definitely hold on to the railing.
1: I'm hoping that's <laughs> not the monk.
0: <laughs> no, I I guess this is. I don't know if it's like a two arm just shove. But okay. if you're like walking down the stairs, you feel forced to go faster, forced to go like quicker down the stairs.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'd <laughs> fall for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, use those hand railings. Better safe than sorry. But there's also a woman. That you can see. And she's dressed in 1600 clothing. Mm. Others are more nervous. Like. Others are more nervous about an artifact in the museum. Rather than the ghosts that they see. Okay. Because. This artifact is a beam. Like a wooden beam. From the dungeon that held many of the trial victims. Oh. So.
1: Lots of bad energy on that. Right.
0: Right. So many paranormal investigators have visited the museum and they believe the ghost woman that I was saying, uh, is connected to this wooden beam from the dungeon.
1: That makes sense.
0: So it's like speculated, could it be Sarah Osborne who died in the prison? Yeah. Could it be Sarah Good, whose infant daughter died in the jail, you know, or a slew of other wrongfully accused women, but, um. Would you visit the Witch Dungeon Museum?
1: I feel like I want to, but I also feel like I would be scared shitless. Yeah. But for I, sure. But I want to know what they're humming. So <laughs> That's the main reason. 85% yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> Just for the humming, though.
1: Yeah. What about you?
0: I would go. Um, would I'd... you
1: work there and do the tours that the others are refusing to?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> but I would visit. I don't. Want, like, I was already in the crucible. I don't need to relive that <laughs> again. Okay. Um, <laughs> the jail, the original jail, is only like a hundred yards from where the museum is nowadays. Okay. And I guess the jail, when, like, in the 1700s, was torn down, but they used that wood f- to build a family house
1: no they didn't yeah
0: and then
1: that's terrible luck
0: yeah and i didn't do too much research into that yet maybe i'll save it for another episode but uh the family house may have been haunted oh i'm sure it was because after the family house was torn down a like a business was built there like a phone business okay and they have a bunch of hauntings and that's still there today and they have People in town have even claimed to like answer calls from the business and hear like screaming on the other hand end of it and that's stuff kind like of that. That's funny. It's a good prank.
1: It'd be a good marketing technique if that's <laughs> what they were doing.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> screaming and this being like, <laughs> buy our phone plant. <laughs> if you want the screaming to stop. Yep. No, um I don't need anybody screaming into my phone. That's why I don't pick up the phone nobody needs to call me yep just text if you need anything you can scream over text that's fine (laughs) yeah so that's another haunted location in salem there's a million of
1: them i was gonna say do they have an official count of how many
0: that's a good question um i think it's similar to savannah in the sense that like so it's been occupied for so long so
1: like everywhere yeah that's fair
0: like savannah was one of Like, Georgia was one of the 13 colonies, just like Mm -hmm. Massachusetts was, so people have been living there forever. Like, Savannah was a colony before America was a thing. Salem was a colony before America was a thing. What hipsters. I know. OG Americans. But, uh... For those listeners who've been listening from season one, Hannah gives a couple of her ghost stories in season one, so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about witches... I don't know a ton about witchcraft. Um, I know the witches that I've been talking about in Salem originated in Europe, where, like, witches were thought to be women who attacked their community in one way or another. It wasn't like they didn't have powers or anything. It was just any woman who went against society. Societal norms. You're a witch then. And that kind of, like, spiraled into what we now know is what like you know with powers or brewing random (laughs) shit or uh whatever the case may be and then i also know like during the 17th century age of enlightenment or whatever is when the decline of witchcraft happened so a lot of people started like oh witchcraft isn't a thing anymore and that's what made the salem witch trials such a big deal because by then witchcraft wasn't really thought about anymore like they had moved past it and so by the end of the 17th century having the trials be at the end of the 17th century was like a huge deal because people were like aren't we done with this <laughs> haven't we been haven't we thought that witchcraft wasn't real which i guess isn't true because 20 people died but um yeah and then last week i talked about samuel wardwell who did a lot of like fortune telling and used for folk magic and stuff and that was like they didn't really believe them to be witches and a lot of them weren't persecuted for their use of magic or whatever. So I was saying that, I think that's interesting that people who did folk magic and fortune telling weren't thought as witches, even though they had like magical powers.
1: Yeah. Well, I think really what it comes down to is which was, it was a persecution of women so not they don't necessarily have to be um anyone with spells or powers Mm -hmm. but they were people back then that were labeled as a witch to get rid of them yeah so it's you've got to think of it's the time that um catholicism first started they wanted to get everybody on board they wanted to shift not to make this religious (laughs) Um, but they wanted to have society a certain way, so then they adopted to the similar pagan holidays. So, like, we just celebrated Christmas, Mm -hmm. um, which was, which is the same day or around the same time as the pagan Yule, um, because they're like, if we do this day, then everybody's celebrating anyway, and then once they get the followers, that's when they flip the switch and turned on. Right. Those people are outsiders. Um... One of the other interesting things of note is midwives and anyone that knew anything about women anatomy right. were all gotten rid of because they knew more than the men that were graduating the <laughs> medical schools. Of course. <laughs> so because the the people that were graduating with these doctor medical degrees back then weren't being listened to over the midwives because they actually knew nothing. Right. Um, they got rid of the midwives, we called them witches. They right. had this earthly power Spirit to make people feel different or better (laughs) Um, So like all right, they got to go. So they listen to us instead. We did the schooling. Right. So that's kind of like a little bit of history of of which um, Nowadays, there's there's quite a bit of a witch community and I think it's still growing Um, but there are many different kinds and which means something different to a whole bunch of different people. Right. Um, so it could be something spiritual to one person. It could be religious. It could be a belief system. It could be political to somebody. Right. Um, so it kind of depends on who you ask, what their definition of witch is or what feels right to them. Yeah. Um, and then that means there's a whole bunch of different kinds of witches. So like. There's a kitchen witch, which just uses, like, things in a a kitchen. You cook with certain herbs. You cook with certain things and intentions. Um, There's the gardening witch, which I could never do because I would kill all of the plants. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then there's also, um, like, hedge witch, which is, they're the ones that um, work with the spirits or otherworldly
0: okay things
1: so they they're like that bridge between this world and whatever else right so um and there's so many other kinds that's just a few to name right
0: what um who's your favorite witch that's hard there's so many good ones
1: do you have a favorite witch
0: <sighs> I'm torn because. I love witches.
1: Are we doing pop culture witches? Sure. Or did you mean like real life witches?
0: I mean, both. I like, I love the folklore, Baba Yaga. Yes. She's portrayed as a villain, which, okay. So this is another thing. Okay. I was reading about, um, like you were saying, just the persecution of of women. Mm -hmm. Um, when you look back at the Salem Witch trials, are many other stories, you know, true stories about witches. They're always, not always, but generally the women are looked at like as older, haggard, gross looking people, you know, and portrayed ugly. And so when I was reading about Sarah Good, some of the things would describe her as being like older. She had a six-year-old childs like Mm -hmm. so when you you read other more like I don't say more reputable but other things like that where they make point of saying she had a six-year-old child and another younger child and then gave birth in jail she wasn't old like she was probably at most like 40 so these women weren't these like stereotypical yeah like The witch from Snow White. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it was just interesting that, like, a lot of these women were just normal.
1: Every day. Yeah. Yeah, See them on the street. But they were
0: always women that went against the social norms.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of the, the same definition of what a witch is today. They're still kind of like on the outskirts. Right. They're not like mainstream. Um, but it is very interesting. I read a book recently, and I, of course, can't remember the title, um, but I'll get it to you for later if you want to include yeah. it you know, notes or something, um, about witches, the history, and the pop culture references, and all the influences. Okay. Um, and it was really good about explaining kind of what you just talked about, of, like, being seen as elderly or winded. Um, like, Wizard of Oz is the reason why we always think of good witch or bad witch. Right. Before that, there wasn't, like... Right. Such a determination of that, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of what also brings us the symbolism of the, the really old, ugly, right, that kind of deal. Um, there, there has been a lot of symbolism, like whenever you see witch, it's like the hat and the right. the black, yeah. But other than that, like it used to be a very diverse showing of what witch
0: yeah. is, <laughs> and i think harry potter does a good job at that <laughs> but um no i'm torn because like obviously salem related sanderson sisters from hocus pocus which takes place in salem massachusetts mm-hmm. they're really great witches um spirit spirited away sorry the uh, animated movie
1: i don't know if i've seen oh it's
0: so good
1: you said Speared and I thought of the horse No, movie.
0: I know. It came. actually <laughs> came out the same year, but it's, uh... Have you seen Ponyo? No. Hannah...
1: Why... Well, I, <laughs> I don't... I can't even picture what that is. What is that?
0: It's a Hayao Mizaki movie. I'm sorry I butchered that, but he's a famed... Like, Hal's Moving Castle. Oh. But, um... Sorry, there's a witch in Spirited Away that I'm obsessed with. And she's kind of, like, viewed as a villain, of course. Okay. But, um...
1: Well, aren't they all?
0: And she's viewed as older Unless you're Glinda, I mean. Well, for real. And McGonagall. True. (laughs) She's the one with the big head.
1: Oh. (laughs) She's, um, something there.
0: I love her, though. She's so good. Um... But yeah, she like fits the stereotype of what a witch looks like.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean going back to Baba Yaga, I mean it makes sense that she would interest you because that's Slavic witchcraft mm-hmm. and that's kind of our ancestry.
0: That's true. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um I mean Baba Yaga's like she's viewed as like horrible
1: yeah well and there's a new there's a book coming out at the end of january um and i'm so excited for it i got my pre-order already but it's baba yaga's um guide to witchcraft
0: oh that's fun
1: um or something along those lines mm-hmm. and it's got the picture of her cute little house on the, her chicken legs i love that um i'm so excited <laughs> so stay tuned for book notes
0: yeah for sure we'll have to talk about that um but then it's just weird because then you look at uh, the fairy godmother mm. or blue fairy and it's like, that's the same idea. They're yeah. no different than a witch.
1: Yeah. Well, and um, it's funny because before I was like researching witchcraft, um, everybody thinks of fairies as like Tinkerbell. Um, right. Right. Fairies are not nice. No. They're scary. <laughs> yes. They're like very much will steal and eat you. Like, yes.
0: When I was doing the Halloween bonus episode that's on Patreon, a part of that was the pagan ritual and stuff like that they were, mm-hmm. they were doing was to, they dressed up to hide themselves from fairies. So fairies yes. didn't show up and like eat them.
1: Like you don't want to invite them. No. You don't want to acknowledge. Like you don't. If you sorry um (laughs) do not ever accept any gift from a fairy yeah do not like I know you might think it's a cute flower or (laughs) do not accept that run away
0: yeah and that's what's so interesting is because they're cute and small and that kind of thing we yeah accept them more instead of just like a woman that's leave
1: the fairy circles alone yeah Mushroom stools do do not touch.
0: Yeah. But if a woman offers you a pot of soup, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care what she brewed in it. (laughs) I'm sure it's delicious.
1: Is there anything else you want to know? Any other questions?
0: Not necessarily. I was trying to think of... Some of the stereotypes we get about witches, like flying on a broom and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I just don't know where they come from unless it just comes from women being at home and having to clean and cook and stuff like that.
1: Unfortunately, I don't know that one.
0: Well, it's just like witches are known for brewing pots or whatever and flying on mm-hmm. brooms and stuff. It's all stuff that women were forced to do because they weren't allowed to go to work, you know? So I think it was that's a big part of it, but.
1: Um, I'd say some lasting advice. If any of you listeners are like so excited by these Salem witch trials, you're thinking about being a witch yourself. Um, make sure you know what's a closed practice and what's not. Um, what does that mean? So what that means is there's some cultures and some types of witchcraft that you're only allowed to be take part of if that's your culture. Oh, okay. So like for example, um, the indigenous people have their own right. witch cultures um and if you try to take part of those it's not very good you're not going to be successful right bad things might happen (laughs) um so just make sure you know like what's okay i mean it's good to research everything right but if you're actually going to try to do anything (laughs) um make sure you're well educated in what you're doing
0: for sure that kind of goes back to when i was doing savannah we talked a little bit about voodooism and stuff mm-hmm. like that it's like yeah keep it uh let the professionals take care of yes it. um <laughs> don't fuck around if you're not ready to if you're not ready for the consequences yeah <laughs> well hannah thank you for being here
1: thank you so much for having me
0: Y'all can follow Haunted Hometowns on social media for guest info, photos related to each episode, and upcoming news. If you just cannot get enough of this podcast, check out Haunted Hometowns' Patreon for exclusive content. And please, please, please send me your ghost stories to Podcast at gmail.com. Could be anything from a cat carving its name near your couch with its nail to coming home to your grandpa's sleep floating five feet off the ground go grandpa talented yeah a wizard right there uh let me know (laughs) hannah thanks again for being here
1: thanks for having me
0: and i'll meet y'all back here next week because everyone loves a ghost story The theme music is by Tyre. Follow him on Instagram at For Boys Like Me. That's F-O-R, boys like me. The amazing artwork is by Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at Munoz M-U-N-O-Z. I got my information from Wikipedia, of course. Salem.lib. And the book, Wicked Salem by Sam Baltrusis.